Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So today we're bringing back kind of a popular um, series that we did. I think we've just done once before, right, Sarah? Yeah. Where we answer listener questions because we get a lot of really great listener questions, but they aren't always enough for us to do a whole show around. And so we've got quite a stockpile of them. Yeah. Today we're going to address a few of those, um, which I'm really excited about. But Sarah, first, I think you have a couple of yeah, notes, just right? a couple little things. Um, thanks to everybody who listened last week in episode 51. We talked about getting ready and getting organized for summer. And we also offered up our ebook, which is called Summer Shortcuts. And we're giving it away to everybody and anybody who leaves us an iTunes review and then heads over to themomhour.com to leave a comment letting us know you did. It's super honor system, not fancy. I did just want to say that um, I put kind of an arbitrary deadline of May 31st on that so that I can go ahead and batch email the book out to everybody who's commented on the show notes for episode 51 by May 31st. Now, you guys know us. If you miss the deadline, will I still send you the book? I'm sure that I will. But what I will do, (laughs) if you're waiting for it and you haven't gotten it yet, what I'll do is on May 31st or June 1st thereabouts, I will send it in one um, email to everybody who's left a comment. And then if you miss it and you really want one, just track us down. You guys know how to do that. So I just wanted to mention that for anybody who's waiting breathlessly for their copy of As summer. I'm sure everyone, <laughs> no, they can't even really look forward to the summer without this ebook. I so. mean, yeah. But <laughs> you guys have great. time to get lazy as we'll teach you how to do in that ebook. Um, and thank you again, because we did ask for you to leave an iTunes review um, in order to get that. And that helps our show so much. So I've loved it. And we reading. got a whole bunch of new ones. I know. I know. And we so appreciate that. So yeah. yeah, that's all I got from our end. So let's answer some listener questions. Listener mail. Okay. Our first question is from Miranda, who lives in Alberta, Canada. And she has three um, kids quite close together. I want to say like 
one, three, and four. Reminds me of me a few years ago and you a few years before that. Yes. Three little kids. Um, and she's a photographer and has her own business on the side. So her question is about asking for help with the kids. Um, basically asking either parents or in-laws or friends for help watching the kids. And um, I know we have a, so many people who struggle with this. And sometimes it's not having the right people to ask. But a lot of times people are more helpful than you'd think. And you, I think, Megan, we've even talked about that, how yeah. sometimes it's just starting, just getting started. Um, yes. So I'll read a little bit of what she wrote and then we'll just go from there. But I'm curious what are ways to ask for help, maybe sneaky ways to ask for help so I don't have to feel weak. I'm in this mindset of I should be able to do this myself and I hate asking for help, but we need breaks before we lose our minds. Ha ha. So I feel like we can totally relate to that, a feeling like you need to do it all yourself. Yeah. Um, does anything come to mind for you? I, ha- I made a few notes of things I'd say to Miranda, but I'll, I'll open it up just if you have any first reactions. Sure. Well, I, I think, first of all, I think sometimes we blow up this asking for help thing a little out of proportion. Um, I think what we think, I think we think what we're asking is going to be a way bigger deal mm. than it is. Like, the amount that it would help me, for example, when I had a bunch of little kids under three, if someone ran to the store for me or stopped over to watch them so I could run an errand or whatever, meant so much more to me than it did to them. Right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't really that big right. of um, a sacrifice for someone who's not already in those weeds yeah. or even somebody who's right there with you right. but knows that now they're kind of banking some karma. Right. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I really found that just – if people made really specific requests to me, I was always really happy to do it, even when I was totally mm-hmm. in the thick of motherhood. It's easier to do someone else's dishes than it is yes. to do your own. We so all true. know that. Um, it's easier to watch someone else's kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes just the break or the refreshingness of it or having something different that's not that monotony mm-hmm. makes it feel easier or more interesting or more fun. And then also, I think that letting, and I've said this a million times, but I think that letting people help you does them such a service because I love helping people. Most people love feeling good and knowing that they've made a difference. And I think that actually giving people an opportunity to do that for you, Mm -hmm. not only does it make them feel good, but it makes them then feel like they can ask you for help in return. Someone has to start the ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, I totally agree. And one of the things I was going to offer to Miranda to get over the mental hurdle is a couple. Number one is ask for help far in advance. And this is like a trick that like, you know, if you make your dentist appointment six months in advance, you're like, well, you don't worry about getting your teeth cleaned if you don't like going or it's just on the calendar, right? And if it's if it's a mental hurdle for you to ask, um, you can start small by, by asking three or four or five weeks out and asking a friend to watch the kids or whatever the, whatever the ask for help is and putting it on the calendar. Because I know that I can talk myself out of doing something I don't want to do. And then as it gets closer, you get to use the excuse of like, oh, I couldn't find anybody to watch the kids or whatever. I guess my husband and I won't go on that date night. But if you put it on the calendar um, enough advance that you're kind of, um, it's done. And then as it gets closer, you, you're you kind of committed. So that's one little tip I would offer. Mm. Um, and the other thing you kind of touched on is if you have the opportunity, if, especially if we're talking about childcare and babysitting, to ask somebody whose kids are a little bit older, don't you feel like when you don't have a baby or a toddler, you kind of miss it, right? Yeah. And oh, so yeah. helping somebody with their little kids, even if you're in, you know, that sounds like your worst nightmare is having another two or three-year-old in the house, but somebody who's a few years removed 
probably kind of likes it. I don't know. I have friends yeah. who love having Violet because they don't have little ones at home anymore. So that's another, yeah. just a couple of ways to maybe get, get past the um, psychological hurdle of asking. and it And it's a practice, right? Asking yeah. for help is something you have to practice to get good at. I think it can help to start with really little things that, you know, we all know that when you're a mom and you've got little kids, especially several little kids close together, and right. you're kind of in that stuck at home feeling or right. I if I leave it's going to be like the biggest right. production ever sometimes something so small can make such a big difference um like hey could you swing through and pick me up a coffee right. if you're out today or whatever like right. those little asks yep. can make such a big difference to you that yep. and would be no problem yep. for someone else not even a, an afterthought I know for me now my life my schedule is so open and easy yeah. like if I'm out and you want something right I will I mean not only will I get it for you, I, right. it, it's so easy, it's almost ridiculous. Right. It's like, right. So, I mean, those little things too, I mean, those can sometimes make a big, big difference to you and maybe would be so easy to someone else. And it's a good like little baby step I agree. to get started. I agree. And in Miranda's letter, which was longer, she also talked about, she does have family kind of close by and she talked about um, some complicated issues with asking or reciprocating family help. And mm. um, I think that's, that's, kind of what we're getting at is, well, family help can be complicated. Um, and transitioning to having help from your peers and your support community in your community is almost harder if you have if you have built-in family help. Does that make sense? So yeah. someone like Miranda might not be in practice of asking for help from peers and friends and mom friends because she does have some family network. Whereas somebody, I do, I mean, I know people who have zero family in town and you just kind of have to get good. You have to find paid babysitters or you have to ask your friends. You have no other choice. Um, so I do think that's even more reason to start. And her kids are, are really little, so it makes sense that it's been family so far. But if that's a complicated situation, then even more reason to have that really reciprocal and mutually respectful helping yes. relationship with your neighbors and your friends. And it's not there's no magic wand for that, I don't think. But just mm -hmm. like you said, if somebody has to go first and it is a practice and it can start really small. And it doesn't mean you're writing off your family or that your in-laws will right. never watch your kids. But if you don't have to rely on family, then it's just one other layer of support. And it can be a, yes. a really fun layer because they've got mm -hmm. kids the same age. They're in the same. Yeah. So just just a vote for building up that that peer network, even if you do have family close by. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. I also just want to say um, that sometimes you'll try and you'll strike out, and mm-hmm. that is not... Um... It's nothing. It's not you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the other person is overwhelmed or forgetful mm. or not nice. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many possibilities. Yeah. But it's not. Please, if that happens, if someone says they'll do something and they don't follow through, or if they just, if you just get like a no. Yeah. That's okay. That's gonna happen sometimes. Yeah. But you know, that's life. And so I feel like it's still worth trying. Right. And then you try, move on. Right. And, you know, try not to let it throw you off the horse too long. Agreed. Yeah, everyone's got their own circumstances that you might not have are really privy to. Yeah, so. agreed. Um, just before we wrap this question, there was a related question from um, our listener Amber, who's from MilkAndSugarBaby.com. She's um, a really supportive listener, and she was asking a question, but she also offered a great solution, and that was starting a babysitting co-op. So Amber had mm-hmm. some of the same questions about asking for help, but I wondered if you had ever done anything like that, Megan, like any kind of a formal trade, or I know you've done childcare trades where it's scheduled, yeah. um, and Amber's yes. point was that it felt more fair, and you didn't have to worry about who was asking who more often. Yeah, I've never been part of like a real babysitting co-op where there's several families and mm-hmm. everyone. I mean, I think sometimes you use like chips almost yeah. or like a point yeah. system. Um, I've never done that, but I have had many, many babysitting trade mm-hmm. um, sort of things. And my sister and I had one informally when we lived in the same town. I, it's been so long. I don't remember the details, but I do remember the details of the ones that I had here in the current town I live in. One was with Jenna, my sister-in-law, and one was with our other best friend, Missy. Um, and it worked out. I mean, some of it was quite elaborate. Like one year we split a babysitter Mm -hmm. for like 15 hours a week and we split that cost right down the middle. But then I got, then I took an extra day Mm -hmm. um, with her kids and I think I got like a stipend toward the babysitter Uh or something for that. I can't, we we got really creative with it because I was like, well, what would it take to make this worth my while? I really only needed a sitter for like 15 to 20 hours a week and then the other times I really didn't mind having another set of kids in the house. I mean, it was more work, but I didn't mind it because I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So for me to have, you know, like a hundred bucks less that I was paying into the sitter, um, was a big deal right. for me at the time. Right. It allowed me to work less. And right. so it really helped. Um, that was one way we did it. Uh, when Missy and I did it, we split, we each had each other's toddlers. So this was when Clara and Missy's son, Sam, they're the same age. Mm-hmm. We're both, um, I think two, 
maybe three. And we would take, we would have, each one of us would have both kids for two days a week. Mm -hmm. And then we would also do the, because in those days, our kids had um, half-day kindergarten. Okay. So whoever had the kids would also do the kindergarten pickup. Oh, that's great. That day. Yeah. So then you'd end up with like an extra kid yeah. for a few hours in the afternoon, which was great because all the kids were around the same age yeah. and they just played. And I guess, I mean, we just sat down and said, what do you need? What do I need? And we just wrote down all the hours and figured it out. And then yeah. we each had a, and then we had one day a week off for both of us. Yeah. It was just our own family yeah. and we could run our own errands or whatever. So, um, I think that if you have friends with kids that are similar ages, it's you can probably work it out pretty informally, yeah. but still have it be set enough where yeah. it's fair. And again, it goes uh, back to yeah. some of the things we were saying. If it's on the calendar, you're more likely to you know commit to it if part of your issue is even allowing for help. And number two, it feels fair because you do feel like there's some reciprocity if that's if that's right. a concern for yes. you. Um, my friends and I had tried to do the babysitter co-op thing, and we were all just such good friends and so nice that we'd really just watch each other's kids whenever we needed to anyway. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah. we did, just if you're not familiar, we did have little like poker chips that were like 15 minutes each. And so if you all start out with a certain number of them, you're you're paying your friends with increments of time. And that way... If you end up with a whole bunch, you realize, oh, hey, I haven't cashed in on this in a while. Like, right. I should go get my nails done and ask one of my friends. So it's just a way to sort of measure the reciprocity if you feel like that's necessary with your yeah. group. But Yeah, and, and you may not. If it's like one other person and it's pretty like with my family, with uh, Jenna and my brother John and their kids, I mean, we've always just kind of had an open door right. policy. Kids run back and forth, um, but they're family. That's yeah. a little different. Right. I, I think if it was a neighbor or someone mm – -hmm. You know, or or if the kids weren't as close, yeah, because that's the other thing. Now our kids are also close that it's just really a play. It's, it's like a, an endless yes. play date, right? Um, that happens to go between houses. If it was someone that maybe the kids were different ages or right. not best buddies right. or whatever, maybe I would feel the need to right. have more of a system in place. Right. But I think you can start with one person or two, maybe, right. and have like a round robin type right. deal going. Right. And I want to say the year that I was doing the when we had the split sitter, um, with Jenna and John and their kids. I think Missy did get in on that a few times. Like, I think there was some times where she would kind of buy in, mm -hmm. but just less formally. So she right. might buy in for a day, right. you know? Right. Um, so there's so many options. Yeah. You can get creative. Yeah. I think everyone wants to do something like yes. that. Yes. Yes. And that's what I was going to say so. to Miranda, too, is, you know, I don't know what her friend network is like, but you don't know if somebody would be interested in that unless you ask. I mean, somebody they may might never be have thought of it. Wishing, you know, somebody want to, might want to be trying to get their business off the ground, even if they're a full time at home mom. Unless you ask, you don't know if maybe they also were wishing for some structured time away. Um, and I know we are going to move on, but I have to throw in real quick that I did, I forgot about this, but I did do um, a trade for evenings because one of Miranda's concerns was time with her husband and date nights. And I have done that when I had little tiny babies that I wasn't quite comfortable having a sitter who have, with my infant and putting my toddler to bed. Um, but it was one of my mom friends and she'd come over, she'd bring a glass of wine for when she, or I'd have a glass of wine for her when the kids were in bed, she'd bring her book club book and she'd leave her husband with her own two kids, but she'd come <laughs> put my kids to bed and we'd go on a date night and then I would do the same for her. So, you know, I wasn't ready yet at that point for like a high school babysitter to have all three of my kids ages like four, two and newborn. But my, my close, one of my close mom friends could do it. And, right. um, and so that worked really well. And we did trade off. I mean, that was one where she was, we were giving up enough that it was like, all right, it's my turn. <laughs> like I'll come over, right. you know? So that was for, and that was for evenings. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 
There's just so many options out there. And I just know. Creative. And just, just take be brave. the leap. Take the be leap brave. and be brave. Yeah. So thank you, um, Miranda, and also Amber, because yes, Amber kind of helped, helped answer that one, too. Okay, so um, this question, the listener asked to remain anonymous. So it's kind of exciting. No, Ooh, it is a little bit of a serious. I know. And I've already forgotten. You sent me these questions earlier, but I've already forgotten who asked this one. So it truly is. And I have no idea who you are. It's anonymous. anonymous. Um, <laughs> so this listener is asking about what happens when you have friends who have a completely different parenting style than you. And she talks about their situation of very, very good friends from before kids. Um, and the friends have an older child and then a toddler. And then this listener has a toddler. So their toddlers are about the same age. And she's talking about some some philosophically very different parenting styles. Um, what she says is that they're using kind of a more gentle, positive approach. They're not spanking. They're not yelling um, with their toddler. And these friends, especially the husband, um, yells, threatens, and spanks. So we're talking. We're not talking about mild differences here. We're talking about pretty big differences. Yeah. Um, her concern is that they're the couples are and the families are very close friends, and she doesn't see breaking it off. It's not the kind of like you met at the park and your kids are the right, same age. Right, and you're like, eh, These yeah. are, you know, these are. So, you know, her her question is, have we ever encountered a situation like this? How did we handle it? What would we do? And she said, we can try to limit our daughter's time with them. But that that's not the, that's probably not the whole solution in this particular right. case. Um, we want to stay in the kids' lives. So, so she wants to stay in the other family's kids' lives and vice versa. But um, we're talking about some pretty pretty big differences in parenting style. So I don't know. I have some thoughts on this, but do you want to? Well, you know, I will say it's, it's a toughie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my answer would have been very different 10 years ago than it would be now. Um, so keep in mind that I've been out of that stage where this thing even kind of comes up. Right. Really. Um, I feel like over time, a lot of those differences that are very intense in the beginning, just kind of mellow. I, I think a lot of people are really overwhelmed when their kids are little, or are trying to get on top of behave what they perceive yes. as behavior issues yes. or are really like nervous and anxious about it. There's just like a lot that happens at that stage yes. that I feel like kind of starts to mellow mm-hmm. over the years. Um, so for me, that has not, that kind of thing has not really been as big of an issue for, I mean, since our kids have been past say two or three mm-hmm. and our friends' kids. I think the other thing that I would keep in mind is, if is, is it a parenting difference that is the problem mm-hmm. or is it the way you feel or your kids feel when they're around mm-hmm. the other parents? Well, that to like, me, that's very, like, is like, the environment scary yeah. or, you know, threatening to them? Um, are the parents like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not even going to get into what my personal parenting right. uh, discipline right. approach is. I'm sure you can probably guess, <laughs> but that's not to say I've never gone over the edge in a different direction I didn't want to go in, you know? (laughs) So is this something that is happening all the time in front of you and you're sitting there on the couch like, oh my God, this is awkward. Or is it something that like you're pretty sure goes on beyond closed doors, maybe as they get more comfortable is going to start to ease up. Like I just think there's so many, there's just so many factors. Uh, One thing I will say when I was a very young mom with very young kids and I was very earnest and I was in this very earnest message board group and they would say things like, well, you should, you know, confront them and give them advice and give them a book on positive parenting. And I could not tell yeah. you how much I don't recommend right. that approach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that, that they're doing it wrong from their friends. Yeah. Nobody. And it's not going to be met. And it doesn't matter how much concern or love right. you couch it yeah. in. No one wants that. I, that's my personal opinion. And I'm sure there are people, I think you can lead by example. Yes. That's, I think you I can show that, that things yeah. aren't as hard. Yeah 
as they seem. I think another thing that you can do if you feel like that reaction's happening because the parents are embarrassed mm-hmm. because their kids are acting up in front of you, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot you can do to be like, hey, it's cool. My kids do that too. Right. Or, yes. You know, don't worry about it. Yes. This is not a big deal. Just keep it very light. Yes. And that's really been my approach. And I just, I feel like because of that, because they know that I'm not coming in like judging or thinking they should do one thing or the other, that everyone can kind of relax. And then it's not really even a big issue anymore. But, you know, your miles may vary on that. No, you, I mean, you said you touched on practically everything I was going to say. Sorry, Sarah. No, you stole all of my thunder. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Well, one thing I was going to say about the ages of their toddlers, um, this listeners is 17, 18 months and the friends is two. And there is, it's, you are hands-on parenting at every second. If you get two families together with two one and two year olds, you're basically public parenting the entire time, right? I mean, if if you know what it's like to be, especially to have two toddlers in the same room. So that dissipates so quickly to where at four and five, the kids are playing in another room completely. You guys can talk about TV shows and like your favorite restaurants. You're not even, you're, you're not doing the public parenting anymore. So that's one thing um, I was going to say. And I'm, I love that you said lead by example because I was going to um, just give this listener encouragement to continue to publicly parent in the way that she feels is right for her kid. And that can be yeah. intimidating if your style is softer and the style that is in the across the room from you is very like in your face because um, mm-hmm. you can kind of feel like, well, I'm just going to shrink in and do my own thing. And I don't mean like, you know, go overboard and start to parent the other person's child, but continue to, to do what you would do with your child, even when you're in that situation is what I would say. Because yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do think that whether they choose to notice it or ignore it, or maybe even pick up something for it, I think in so many cases, there's a lot of insecurity driving, especially yes. yeah. super controlling parenting styles. So like you said, leading by example and, and saying, yeah, we're all going through this. I think um, you're not telling them how to parent, but you're giving everybody permission to not be perfect, including yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. And then I will also say really quickly that I can go in the other direction too. I've had other friends who we've been very close with who've who've like sat back on the couch and let their kids destroy my house. Right. <laughs> and right. that also I just chose to just kind of grit my teeth and get through it because I knew the relationship at the end um, was worth it to me, even if, yeah, my house was like destroyed after right. every time their kids were over. I, There's just everyone's struggling yeah. in some way. So, yeah, at that stage, yeah. you know, like I think a lot of empathy yeah. is needed. Yeah. Um, I was also going to suggest, and I don't know how applicable this is to this situation, but that you can always make arrangements, going back to our first listener question, to get together as couples without the kids yes, or yes. go somewhere where the hands-on public parenting is not is just not going to be quite as intense. And again, you're going to grow out of that anyway, but um, change it up. If Maybe it's just a mom-to-mom. You know, It sounds like the husband is a bigger issue here. Maybe it's just a mom-to-mom coffee date and slightly shifting the, like the when and where of getting together with this family. Um, and then the final thing I was going to offer is as kids get older, they notice these things too. Um, and it's, it's always, it's, it's not a bad thing to give kids language to express how they feel when they're in kind of an awkward social situation or when they see different families being different. It doesn't have to be judgmental, but I know my kids, we don't do timeouts, but but my kids were around tons of friends who were getting timeouts 
all the time and they would notice it. Like, and then sometimes they'd, they'd be like, well, we don't do time dots. Like somehow they like drew the lucky straw or something, but, um, you can in the privacy with your own kids. And I'm talking about four five, six year olds who start to really notice these things. You can just talk about how every family does things differently and why your family is the way you are. Not, it's not right or wrong, but here's why we choose to be this way. And, you know, here's how we can still be friends with people who act all different kinds of ways. I think those are good life lessons, no matter what the scenario, but it, Mm. it is kids will notice. So absolutely. So it will come up for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything else on that one. Hang in there. No, I, yeah. General hang in. It gets better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um, I'm, this next one's going to be a lot of you. Are you ready? Um, this is from our listener, Ashley, whose son is in kindergarten. And she says, I've noticed a big change in friendships and peer relationships compared to the preschool years. The days when kids would automatically play with each other just because, Hey, it's another kid are gone. I'm completely bummed out by some of the mean girl behaviors I'm seeing even from six year olds. So she asks, how do you teach your kids to build good relationships with their peers, especially when your child has a personality trait that can be either really positive or be the cause of conflict? Um, like being bossy or being sensitive, you know, more extreme. Um, and she just asked, when should you step back from giving advice and let them learn versus getting involved? And then how do we deal with our own feelings about this as moms? Cause that's one of the hardest parts, right? 
Um, whew, that's a big one. That's a big when, one. When Ashley it? emailed us, I don't know if you remember this, when she emailed this to us, I replied back and copied you. I was like, yeah, that's a great question, Ashley. Let's ask Megan. <laughs> just because <laughs> my, you know, my oldest is second grade, so it's just yeah. the beginning of this. So. <clears throat> well, yeah. So again, I don't want to generalize generalize about boy relationships and girl relationships. I will say this is not something. So I think we're in a very similar boat because I did not notice this kind of thing really at all until Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys chose their friends really carefully. They didn't hang out with kids that made them feel bad about themselves mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and have had my boys have had the same like set of friends. Each has had like the same little set of friends basically since they were like in kindergarten or first grade for the younger ones. And then for the older ones, we just moved here when um, they were in third and fifth, but they've had the same friends since I think they just, maybe because they have all those brothers to hang out with, they didn't feel the need to have a lot of external relationships. So they were super selective. Um, So I don't really feel like, you know, I managed it in my, and we've talked about sibling relationships Mm -hmm. and I would say I manage sibling relationships pretty similarly to the way I would manage a play date type Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's just because you kind of squelch it quicker when it's your own kids yes. and you learn. And you can you, you, often you can see what's happening on both sides. Exactly. You yeah. can see what's happening on both sides. You're not really, and you're not, you're not sort of biased one way or the other. Right. So yeah, it's a little bit different with Clara. I will say she's had more get togethers where um, there's, they've ended in tears and I don't even really know what happened. She's got friends at school she comes home constantly and is telling me kids are mean. And like, so it's, I feel like I'm a little bit in a new mm-hmm. ground too. Um, in general, I will say that three is not company mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to kids this age. Yes. I don't think us get together with three girls. I cannot remember a time it's really worked out. I remember that from my Someone childhood. is always getting crapped yeah. on. Yeah. Um, even with Clara's cousins, she's got two cousins who she's very close to. Right. One's older and one's littler. Well, who do you think it's crapped on? Right. The little one. Be- and Clara engages in it because she's younger so she always got crapped on right now she's got this young person to crap on it's kind of like it's the cycle maybe i should have known that before i had three children i'm thinking i'm like yeah that's well i think it's a little different when it's siblings yeah it's different when it's siblings but i just talking about like for a play group i've had um clara's had two friends over before where one of them ends up excluded and i don't you it can be very subtle Mm -hmm. and stuff can get whispered i mean you don't even always really see it happening and sometimes it's perception. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one of the girls just thinks she's being excluded. Mm-hmm. So I've just kind of eliminated for the most part, except for with cousins where I'm not going to say, no, right. I'm not having both girl cousins over. They they have to figure it out. Yeah. And and that's more like a sibling group right. almost right. where they need to figure that out and, and figure out the yeah. dynamics. <clears throat> but um, for me, I don't really want playdates to yeah. devolve into tear fest. So I've really made it about either two or a, a bigger group. A bigger group. That's good. A bigger group. I like that. Um, I try to keep, you know, if there's somebody who I've kind of seen becoming an alpha mm-hmm. in those situations, like in Clara's, you know, Clara's older cousin is totally an alpha girl mm-hmm. and other girls listen to her and respect her. Plus she's a little older. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't have her over with like several of Clara's um, peers from her grade. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it would necessarily end well. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's nothing about Ruby being not a nice kid. It's more like the dynamic you're setting up. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I will say when there's been another girl about Ruby's age and then another kid Clara's age, it works out really well. It's mm-hmm. more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it is just like balancing the groups. Right. Um, I really try to pay attention and listen to Clara when mm-hmm. she tells me about mm-hmm. girls at school mm-hmm. that 
she tries to be very diplomatic. She's always afraid of hurting people's feelings. And she just kept telling me about this girl in school. And and she kept coming up and not in a positive way. And then at the same time, the girl's mom was calling me constantly trying to get them together. Oh, yeah. And one day Clara said, I just don't enjoy her. (laughs) And at that point, I was like, okay, I get it. And she was sitting next to this girl and didn't really enjoy her Mm -hmm. as a seatmate either. And there was – so I just really had to kind of pick, like, really read between the lines of what she was trying to tell me. Mm Mm-hmm. For a while, and then she finally just came out and said it. I don't enjoy her, which could mean a lot of things, right? right? But I, I, that was her way of saying, please don't call back, don't call this yeah. mom back, yeah, and and tell her, you know, yeah. we're gonna get together, yeah. So I think sometimes they're, and I, I, the the boys had a friend where they had this situation for a while too, where there was a lot of pressure for the boys to play with this one particular boy, and right. it worked. It was worse because one of the boys, Owen, really liked this kid, and William really didn't. Oh. <laughs> and so a lot of times I would try to throw them together, yeah. and then William wouldn't want to stay, and I would feel like yeah. kind of embarrassed, like yeah. the mom was. Yeah. But I finally had to get over that and be like, yeah, this mom is not going to get it, yeah. and but it's not my job right. to make her get it. Right. And Owen can still play with him, right. um, but... William doesn't want to, and right. I have to listen to what he's telling me right. about that. I don't know if this is answering this question. No, I think – yeah, no, you're – I'm so impressed <laughs> like I'm with rambling. how you are on the fly. You're giving – and <laughs> okay. you're buying me lots of time to think about how okay. much I don't know. Um, no, that was great. Um, so a couple of things that have come to my mind. Um, one is I, I really try to start with my kid's emotional situation and to start – um, helping with that first, especially when we're talking about what's happening at school, because I can't control what happens on the playground. Right. Um, but I can help my eight year old understand what she's feeling. So we talk, I, I mean, I'm like you, I just kind of let, let her talk and ask a lot of questions and, um, kind of give her tools to understand what these feelings are. Am I feeling left out? Am I feeling smothered? Um, we've had a situation mm. where, um, that wasn't a mean girl. It was a clingy friend and kind of an yes. insecure clingy friend who was wanting being possessive. Um, and sometimes our kids don't even have the language to know, like Clara saying, I just don't enjoy her. They don't have the, they're, <laughs> yeah. they don't have the like emotional intelligence yet. So listening and asking questions and starting with like, if there's a problem to solve, there's air quotes. If we have a problem to solve, I guess I'm going to start with my kids' feelings and helping her understand what those feelings are and what steps to take to get out of that yucky feeling rather than let's go work out this fight with a friend. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I feel yeah. like that will follow. The the conflict resolution skills and the social skills will follow if she understands how to kind of identify and process her own emotions. So starting small and starting kind of internally. Does that make sense? It's a yeah, little totally. out there. Yeah. Um, and then also the teacher can be your advocate if we're talking yes. about what's happening in school. And you, you don't have to get a teacher involved as like a mediator. You can just say, hey, here's what Allegra's been telling me. Or not, you don't even have to start there. Just say Allegra's been upset you know, about some of the social dynamics, can you just, you know, put on your little spy eyes and just keep a lookout? Because teachers are doing that anyway. They really care. Um, It's probably not a good idea to go in and start right with this kid did this to my kid. The teachers, they don't really have time for that. If it needs to come to that, I'm sure they'll help. But rather than that, just say, hey, here's what we're observing at home. Would you mind keeping your eyes and ears open at school? And just opening that line of communication, I think, can be really um, helpful. Remember that you are hearing half the story um, Uh and remember that they are filtering and processing in a not adult way. So like 
I know one thing Allegra does is she's very like news reporter. She'll come home very matter of factly and talk about kids being mean and this happened and so and so because she's very socially observant. She happens mm-hmm. to not be very emotionally sensitive. So it's kind of an odd combination. She notices everything and, I, and I'll say, well, how did you feel? Are you were, Did that upset you? Are you okay? And she'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. Now, there have been times when I can tell she's really upset. And then that was a different, she got really embarrassed one time or somebody called her a name. But so just because the words coming out of their mouth might include things that sound like, you know, red flags, bullies. Right. If the child's demeanor, in other words, watch their, watch, yeah. watch their cues and not just, you're not hearing the whole story, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah, yeah. That's my... No, totally. Uh, and and Clara, Clara is the same thing. I mean, she's different from Allegra in, in many ways, but her, she would always come up. She's very concerned about being good and doing things right and mm-hmm. following the rules in school, which I think is common for right. two of them. And so she would be coming home and every day it was like, I would get a report on all the kids who, yes. who got in trouble. the rules, yes. got in trouble, who's on the learning line, yes. which is like their like punishment. And it's, hilarious like now I think it's very funny yeah she'll come home and just like she just rattles it all off yeah. I'm like oh okay. I forgot about that because the Laker doesn't do that as much as she did in like pre like kindergarten was yes, like kindergarten yeah, I could was tell you big, everybody yes. who had to sit in the chair and <laughs> yeah 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 and you could get the idea and like all she would she would kind of know about all the playground dramas and it would and report everything to me and I think she was just figuring it out you know she was just like how do I fit in all right. of this and it wasn't there was hardly really ever any emotion behind right. it um, I will say with as as far as talking to the teacher, I did ask Clara to be moved from sitting next to this one girl, and I know nothing about this girl. She could be lovely. Right. The two of them were not good for each a, other. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a good fit because Clara was stressed out all the time thinking she was going to get in trouble because this girl wouldn't stop talking to her, which that's her interpretation. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, right. could be right. totally – it could be much more uh, mutual. I right. don't know. But the fact that it was coming up again and again and again and there was that much stress. And then obviously here's this girl who really wants to be Clara's friend and she's sitting next to someone who does not enjoy her. I mean, I just – it didn't seem like a good situation for either kid. Right. So we – and it was no big deal right. to have them moved. And it solved a lot of her anxious social issues yeah. um, immediately, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you can always – if you feel like it's something like that um, – you can definitely do that. Yeah. And I think another thing we need to do too in these situations is kind of remove ourselves from emotionally, uh, I don't know. Identify. I think we need to, re- yeah, too much because people in life gravitate towards specific other people. Mm-hmm. We all do it. You do it. I do it. Everybody listening right now has people they enjoy and people they do not enjoy mm-hmm. as much. And as adults, we have a lot of power mm-hmm. and control over who we choose to spend time with and what situations we put ourselves in and our kids don't. Mm-hmm. And so if if our kids don't like someone or if someone doesn't like our kid, it doesn't it really it's not any kind of reflection on our kids or on right. us as right. parents. It's kind of just it's not a good fit. Right. And as they get older and develop more emotional maturity, they might find ways to get along with kids they don't right now. Right. Because right now all those behaviors are so on the surface. Right. Right. You know, it's like you learn with time to kind of present yourself a little differently and interact with people right. a little bit differently, right. but preschool, kindergarten, first, second grade, it's like they're just like bundles of yeah. nerves. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like they're raw material just right. running around and conflicts are going to be more out, like conflicts yes. will be more extreme. Yes. And dislikes and likes will also be more, more yes. passionate. Yes. So, you know, and that if you is, just take a step back, that's the, a big step. Agreed. And that is, again, I think why, at least what I was trying to articulate is why helping them deal with whatever emotional stuff they're coming home with I feel like is a a more long-term applicable skill than just how to deal with this particular friend or clique or group 
issue because if they are going to encounter disappointment, they're going to encounter jealousy and, you know, all of that stuff. And the earlier they can kind of have the tools to deal with those feelings and those kind of experiences internally, the better equipped they'll be for all, like you're saying, all kinds of social situations. Yep. Agreed. Solve. It's not an easy that one though. It's <laughs> no, not it's easy. Not. That's tough. And you'll deal with it in different ways. Right. Throughout. Right. So, and probably into their adulthood. I have to too, give so a shout luck. out. I have to give a shout out to my mom because I've said before my mom listens to this show and she's been telling me we need to talk about playground politics forever. Oh like, but mom, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did it, mom. We did it. We did it. Um, okay. Well, I think we have time for our last question, which I wanted to kind of end on because it's kind of bigger and less specific and more philosophical. And this one came from an email quite a while ago from Kate from Massachusetts, like probably many months ago. Maybe Kate doesn't even listen to the show anymore. Well, hopefully we can email these everybody. Yeah, I will. I did that last time and let people know we answered their questions. So Kate was very complimentary of us that we sound like we're very confident in our motherhood styles. And thank you, Kate. I don't know if that's true, but thank Mm. you. And she says, when did that confidence emerge for you? She said, listening to your podcast, it struck me how many times I second guess myself as a mom. And I consider myself a good mother, she says, with good role models. But there's so many instances where I'm apologetic for my disorganization, my lack of social life, my need to leave early to get the kids to bed or whatever it is. She said, it occurred to me I could rebrand my own laughably imperfect approach to life with little ones. You both give me hope and a reality check that this will come in time. So she's saying, like, when like, – when, when do you finally just decide this is how life is going to be and become confident in not apologizing for it? That's my paraphrase. Yeah. And my answer is it goes in big swings. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I have all my you-know-what together, and other times I feel like I have zero you-know-what together. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> uh, no, that that totally makes sense. Um, I will say for me, I think I got a big jump of mom confidence when I had my third. Um because I was doing it and it was mm-hmm. something having a third kid is a real novelty. People freak out about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were like, well, you already have two. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I, I remember you in so the many next people, tier for sure. Yeah. People were very confused <laughs> and like worried for me. I think people really thought I was going to kind of fall apart and it was sort of the, I mean, there was always the camp that was like, yay, three babies is great. And then there was the other camp that was like, God, I'm, you know, better you than me. Those people. Right. So, um, I think the fact that I like had this baby and, I managed to continue living mm-hmm. and nobody in my house like, you know, died under a laundry pile or anything. It it really that gave me a boost of confidence, but also what ended up happening with the third is that um I by sort of was forced to really scale back what advice I listened to, mm. how much outside input mm-hmm. I like absorbed. Mm-hmm. I got really busy and I was also building my business at the mm-hmm. same time like really um mm very intensely at that point. And I think having something outside of your own, uh, something outside of your own babies or kids Mm -hmm. to focus on kind of helps alleviate that a little bit because then you're not thinking it's like, it's not like you get up in the morning and every single decision you have to make today is about your kids. Like I had other decisions to make and other stuff to get done, whether that's a paid job or something completely different. I think it really helps to have something outside Mm -hmm. to focus on. Mm -hmm. And because that also automatically limited the amount of exposure I had to other people's parenting dis, uh, opinions, I just didn't have time right. for it anymore. Right. So um, that was a big jump for me. And um, I'm thinking about that. Like, 
but you, like you said, it's not perfect. So <clears throat> now that I've got kids in different phases, right. a lot of ways, I feel like having adolescence puts me almost back sometimes right. in that stage. Right. And again, have to get super selective. Like, who do I spend my time with? Who do I listen to? Like, right. who, who are the people that I think are qualified right. to give me parenting advice? And right. who do I have to, or even to know what's going on in, in our lives? Right. Um, since we're on the other side of the danger zone, I will share with you that up until about a week ago, we weren't sure Jacob was going to graduate high school. He totally went like off the rails this year, just kind of stopped caring. And I really struggled with that. Like yeah. how much of this is my fault? Yeah. How much of this is something I need to totally throw myself into? How much yeah. do I let him make mistakes and screw right. up and maybe make a big mistake and really have to learn from that and learn a big lesson? So, I mean... It, it worked out. He made all the stuff up and Oof. unless he tries really hard, <laughs> he'd have to try really hard at this point not to graduate. <clears throat> but I really had to make decisions about like, who's going to know that? Right. Um, how much do I care? What does it really matter in the long run? Like, let's say he doesn't. Right. And I think we talked about this maybe a little bit in California. I don't remember if you were saying this mm-hmm. to your Yeah, name, I was. With Asha. Yeah. Um, who, Asha, who was in episode what? Bonus episode. Yeah, bonus episode one. <laughs> Asha Dornfest. The parent, yes. <clears throat> and she, you know, and she was a perfect person to talk to about yeah. it because I know she knows me and she knows who I am as a parent and I know that we She's have enough similarities. She's the most non-judgmental person totally on the planet. Well, and also she can like turn anything into support. She's like, you yeah. know what? Maybe it'd be good if he didn't graduate. Yes. Like maybe look at it that way. What a lesson to learn. And it was just so funny because of course it would have been terrible in a lot of ways, yeah. but it wouldn't have been the right. end of the world. No, he would have made yeah. it up and he would have graduated next year. And in five years, no one would even remember. So I think that's another big thing. It's like remembering that, that problem that's right in front of you right now, or your messy house, or like the fact that you're late for, you know, yeah. for appointments because you can't get the kids in the car quickly enough or whatever it is. Like in a few years, none of that is really going to matter. Right. All of that's going to pass. It, most problems that seem so big aren't as big as they yeah. seem. And Maybe time. It just takes time yeah. and being distracted and busy right. and productive. I think those are kinda, all. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I think those are all so good. Um, I love – so I don't know if you noticed this, but maybe last week I shared on our Facebook page that article that I wrote two years ago about going to swim lessons. Remember that funny post that I wrote about how long it took us to get through the door at swim lessons? It was on The Happiest Poem. Anyway, Um we, I posted it saying how much things had changed in two years, yeah. but the message, and I'll link to it in the show notes, is so similar to what Kate's saying because she's talking about, she's like, I feel like I need to rebrand this and just accept that this is how it is instead of apologizing yeah. for it. And that was what I wrote about in the post because I think it's easy for us to get in the habit of like kind of wearing this hat of like, I'm the frazzled mom who has my yes. hands full. And Mm -hmm. what I talked about in that post is people treated me that way. I was like huffing and sighing and kind of like being crabby with my kids and people were sympathetic. People looked at me and felt sorry for me because that's what I had decided my like role was in this process. And what, what I changed my mind about specifically with that whole swim lesson commute was that like that's, we're doing this twice a week. It takes us eight minutes to get from the car right. to the yes. pool. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Um, yes. I can, like, I was defaulting to this, like, mentality just just because. It wasn't actually very reflective of how I felt that day. It was just I yes. had decided that I was the stressed out mom who couldn't get all three kids to go through the same door. Um, and that I had the ability not to change, you know, my outlook every minute of every day, but I had the ability to change my mind about what what I looked like during that eight minutes. And so I do think there's some rebranding you can do kind of internally that instead of putting yourself like in the future, wishing yourself 
to the future when you won't be yes. late, running late, and you won't have to deal with a baby's nap. That, you know, bringing yourself back and being like, this is what it looks like, and it, yeah. I don't have to apologize for it. That's a little, like, big picture. Um, well, I love that, though, because that reminded me that that's basically what I did with my blog. Yeah. I mean, that was really kind of, you know, trying to, and, and was doing before that, you know, when I was talking about having the third kid, I don't even really remember where the mental shift happened, right. but I think at some point I just decided I want to be the competent mom mm-hmm. who's still laid back mm-hmm. and doesn't, and isn't perfect and doesn't get everything done, but I just want to feel competent and like I'm doing what I need to do. I'm doing the important things and I've got a lot going on, but I'm managing it well. And somehow just telling myself mm-hmm. I was going to be that person mm-hmm. made me that person in some ways. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, having the blog where I wrote about that mm-hmm. and making those conscious choices mm-hmm. and really rewriting your story. Mm-hmm. Like we all write our own stories every single day. Mm-hmm. You are writing the story of your life right now. Mm-hmm. However you decide to interpret the moment you're in right now, mm-hmm. it's perception is reality. Mm-hmm. So we all have tons of power yeah. to do that. And sometimes it helps to see yourself through uh, somebody else's perspective. I know, yes. so my sister, I've talked a lot about my sister's way younger than me. All her friends are way younger than me. She just got married. And her friends are so cute because they're one of them has a new baby. But other than that, they're all like in the getting married phase. Mm-hmm. And they all think that I am like, I'm just this alien to them, right? Because I have three kids yeah. and a house and a husband and, you know, like work part-time on the side. And they're, you know, they're very sweet. They're so complimentary. Like, oh, I can't w-, you know, I, you're, I love your family and you're so, and it does, it's very flattering, but you have to remember like not everyone, some, somebody probably aspires <laughs> to be where you are. And I don't mean yeah. that like you should appreciate it, but, um, None of this lasts forever. And and then there's, like, Megan, you sometimes have told me, like, it's so simple when you're just in those years. And I'm like, it's not simple. You know, I'm in the yeah. weeds. So yeah. sometimes if you, like, can almost see yourself how someone else sees you, that this is – it is temporary. And it is kind of beautiful in its own horrible way. Um, right. And that can, give you, that can give you the confidence you need to just get through it maybe since we're talking about confidence. But sometimes it just helps to see, like, oh, somebody else thinks this phase is yeah. – they're not asking me for to, for me to apologize. Right. They think this is cool. Like, they think this is a cool place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that, that that actually leads me to, like, I guess what will be my, my final thought <laughs> on this topic. But um, really relates to that is I, especially when I had three, I started getting a lot of comments from people who would say, I just can't, you're so, you have it together. Like, you guys are so cool. I love your little family. Like, you guys, you know, like, just they kept telling me, like, I had it all together. And part of me wanted to be like when someone compliments your outfit and you have to tell them you got it on sale yes. like that. Like I wanted to be like, no, 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 no. it's terrible. I, nothing is together. My house is a wreck or it looks clean, but everything's just shoved in a drawer or whatever. And, you know, I kind of started just letting myself bask in that a yeah. little bit without, without being dishonest yeah. or an egomaniac. I would be, you know, I kind of got to the point where I'd say, well, thanks. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Like there's a lot you don't maybe know about what's yeah. going on with me, but yeah. maybe I am kind of yeah. cool. Maybe I am competent. Maybe I am pulling this off. Yeah. And I think when you can really accept those little compliments or people being odd because you're in this stage and you're right. not, you know, you're alive. Yeah. Um, kind of bask in that a little right. bit. It's okay. It's, it doesn't mean you think you're, you know, maybe you are awesome, but it doesn't mean you're I don't know, arrogant. No, and it, it reminds me of our episode we did about your superpowers and your kryptonite because yes. that is so true that to what you're doing, what you're pulling off to somebody just seems impossible. But there's there's things that seem impossible to you that others do easily. So reminding ourselves right. that we have those 
superpowers and kryptonite. Um, Kate's question has brought up several back episodes of this podcast that I feel like I'm going to link to in the show notes. Um, Parenting through the hard times, kind of dealing with anxiety or depression or just funks. This reminds me of a little Uh bit and also dealing with criticism. We did a whole episode about dealing with criticism because I don't, I feel like this mom confidence thing is not, it's not a linear upward trajectory like you've said and we've said. It's, it's big swings and so is happiness as a a mom and so is, you know, feeling secure in what you're doing. So um, when you need those reminders, I'm going to link to those episodes as well because I think they are related, but yeah, we're going to say the same thing we said in every other question. Hang in there. Hang in there. And <laughs> what? It gets better. And you can do this. And it's all going to be okay. That's what the Hashtag <laughs> hang in there. Just kidding. Yep. Um, okay. Well, those were our four questions for today. Um, all of this will be at the mom. Everything we talked about and mentioned will be at themomhour.com. Look for episode 52. Um, and we would love that if you shared this show with a friend who maybe is going through something similar. If we talked about so many different phases and issues that if this reminds you of something one of your friends is going through, just send them a link and say, Hey, I think you'd like this podcast. We'd love that because you everybody who listening learned about this podcast somewhere, you know? Yeah. So, and a lot of you heard about it from each other listeners. Yeah, exactly. So I love how the podcast community is still so kind of tight and like, yeah, insular and like we're all you know kind of yeah. connected in a way it's cool so love it a friend. Yeah. all right well thanks everybody we will be back next week with another new show yep see you then the mom hour is supported by partners like erica Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.